Saram dear listeners and welcome to Trist with Divinity our series of conversations with people who have been touched by the love of Bhagwan I am team radio size Bishu and just a couple of days ago in the mandir I spotted someone who has been blessed by Bhagwan to be his instrument in a large way in the small pearl island of Sri Lanka He has been actively involved in the Satyasai movement in this beautiful island nation for decades and now actually spearheading this profuse expansion of Sai love in Sri Lanka. He is currently the chairman of Central Council Sri Satyasai Organization Sri Lanka Dr. Jagannathan Vishwanathar. Having come to Bhagwan way back in the 70s over the years Dr Jagannathan has served the Lord offering his time and energy in various positions of the Sri Satyasai organizations he was earlier the center president of Colombo Sai Center as well as of the Batikola Sai Center later he moved on to become the regional chairman of the eastern region Satyasai organization Sri Lanka then the national coordinator of Satyasai education and eventually the deputy central coordinator of Satyasai organization there this happened in 2000 and as i mentioned for more than a year and a half now he is the chairman of the central council of Satyasai organization additionally he is also the director of institute of Satyasai education Sri Lanka yes this island nation little nation which is perhaps just 2% of india's size and slightly larger than the state of west virginia usa this tiny nation has an institute of satyasai education and sir is very much part of that he is the director of this institution and that only shows how vibrant is the movement in sri lanka the population of this island is perhaps 20 million and of this nearly 2 million are devotees and it is only increasing there are many national projects that have been taken up centrally by the organization in different parts of the country one of them being a hospice for cancer patients near colombo and dr jagannathan is the chairman of the board of management of this hospice besides there is a satyasai school in jaffna a home for orphan children in wavunia and so on there are many national projects apart from these there are plenty of activities happening at the regional and samiti level so we'll hear all about this from dr jagannathan in a short while but before that before we begin let me also tell you that professionally dr jagannathan is a seasoned healthcare professional who has had a very distinguished career almost all his life he has served in the government of sri lanka in the state services in various positions he is a fellow of the college of medical administrators sri lanka and before his retirement which happened in 1998 he was the director general of health services sri lanka in fact after his retirement in 1998 the government requested him to continue in the same position and granted him one year extension and uh, this was an exceptional thing which was passed by the government and they desperately needed him to continue in that position and after this he served for some time as a consultant in world health organization as well as in world bank and the government again came knocking at his door and that is how he was called back to serve now as a consultant 
to the Ministry of Health, Sri Lanka, and uh, he served in this position from 2003 till 2010. And when he was serving in this capacity, he had the mandate to improve the healthcare situation of the northern and eastern provinces of Sri Lanka, and he served in this uh, position, giving so much of his commitment, his experience, and his expertise. in this area of healthcare development to the government and to the people of sri lanka and even as he was busy with all this never for a moment he in any way allowed his contribution to the satyasai organization decrease or slow down and even now even though he's past 75 he's as active as someone who is 55 and always smiling very gentle and endearing personality no wonder the sai movement in sri lanka is so glorious and is just only going ahead every passing season so with great pleasure i welcome you sir to the studios of radio sai om shri sai ram brother bishu thank you so much for all the sweet words you have spoken about me i do not know whether i deserve all that talking about myself a little i think in terms in 1970 when i was working at the general hospital batiklo as an anesthetist i used to go for night, night casualties and what day one day it so happened that uh, um, i had a heavy casualty mm-hmm. uh, session in the batiklo hospital theater came back home around 4 a.m. so tired and virtually collapsed in the bed and uh, around 5 a.m. we heard some noise outside you know beating of drums and you know the talas and things like that mm-hmm. and a group uh, singing aloud and going uh, down the road in which we are living so my wife and i went out to see what was happening and then uh, there was a group singing devotional songs and you know uh going down the road and in that group i also saw a doctor who was working in the particular hospital mm-hmm. and i was telling my wife oh look at this these people have no other work disturbing the whole community <laughs> uh while uh, the people are sleeping uh, and look at this doctor i mean uh, i can't understand him uh, shameless on him i mean going about the street singing later on only i came to know oh i have missed that opportunity which i while i was in medical if i had joined that group at that time maybe i would have come to see swami much earlier and would have had his darshan sparshan and uh, maybe sambhashan much earlier because i heard it was very much easier uh, those days than it was subsequently but then the process had begun <laughs> but of course swami had uh, time for everybody yes and uh, i had to wait till uh, the 1970s uh, i think it was in 1977 when i was working in the kalmana base hospital as the district medical officer in charge my children were called to attend the badavikas classes by another doctor who was working there he was the president of the kalmana center then uh, our children joined the balavikas class and they were following the balavikas classes and uh, we used to go for you know special occasions and you know when we are invited uh, that is how we got drawn into it and then that doctor brought and gave us a nice picture of swami and he said you have it in this your prayer room and then we had it in our prayer room 
Uh, soon after that, uh, it so was you my. You had no problems accepting the picture of Swami and placing it in your prayer room because you had not really seen Swami. You are not really uh, been so exposed to who Swami is. But uh, were there not any reservations in your mind at that time accepting Swami? Um, it just happened. There was actually, actually no reservations, but really, I mean. Uh, Uh, at that time, it did not make much of an impact on me or my family to have that picture. We just had it because that doctor gave it, and my children were following the Balayka's classes. And, and you were happy about the training that the children were getting. Yes. Then uh, it so happened on the thirty-first of January during that year. Uh, it was my son's birthday, mm-hmm. and Kalmana had my third son's birthday. Kalmana Center celebrated its anniversary of opening that center. So, um, my wife and I decided that we should prepare something and take it to the center for distribution to the people who come there. And she made some these things, some kesari or something like that. And after making it, she was trying to cut it and then you know count the number of pieces. So I said, "Why do you want to count? You don't know how many I will come there. Don't worry, you will have enough." So we packed it and took it there, and when it was distributed, it's the it's the doctor who uh, the president who distributed. Believe me, he distributed by himself one for each person for everybody, children, adults, everybody, and he had one last one for himself. Mm-hmm. So the exact number was there. Mm-hmm. So I told my wife, see. This is how divinity works, mm. right? So don't worry about these things. So that gave us a little sort of, you know, I mean, uh, uh, strength in the belief that you know there is uh, divinity and and uh, there is something in uh, Sai Baba. Yes. Later on, we started going for bhajans and things like that, and then you know, then I got a shift to Badala Hospital. Uh, Badala Badala is in the up country, okay. as you would know. They also had a center, but they had only bhajans at that time. We were, we were going for bhajans there. Then in eighty one, I came to medical hospital as the medical officer, a medical superintendent of that hospital. Medical uh, had a very old center. In fact, in Sri Lanka, the first center was in Kalambu and in Kotehena. Then the second was in Jaffna, and the third one was in Batikula. That was in the early sixties, okay. sixty maybe sixty six, sixty seven, like that. Wow. Uh, so then I was working there. Then the particular president one day came and said, uh, "Told me, sir, I understand you are a high devotee. Uh, Swami's birthday is coming. You must come and give a talk." Mm-hmm. I said, "What do I know about Swami? <laughs> How can I talk about him?" No, no. I'll give you a book. You read something. And so come. by then you have not even visited Prashant in Lamb. You have not yet no, no, seen Swami. No, 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 no. Uh, this happened in eighty eighty two eighty two. So I said I don't know anything about Swami. How can I talk about him? He said no. I'll give you a book on Swami. You just read it and come. Of course, he gave me a book and then uh, because the pressure of my work, I really didn't have much time to go through the book. But I just uh, selected one chapter and then just sort of you know glanced through that and then I went and made a sp- uh, speech. Uh, the president told me that it was well received. I don't know. After that, he said, "You must come for our uh, guru's training programs." And then we were also in the process of setting up new centers in the Batikula district and Ampara district. So I used to go with him and and the team. 
and uh, we were opening a lot of centers and we were doing good work and my children were following malavikas classes in batiklo then i think uh, it was in uh, 83 the first time we came to puttapatti to sw- to see swami uh, we came during the christmas time uh, i don't know I, i just cannot describe the feeling which we had when we he came here it was really like swargam or heaven for us you know and the first time i saw swami in the mandir i know tears of pouring down my eyes and i just cannot uh, describe the emotional upheaval that uh, happened within me and uh, <clears throat> i felt that you know i mean swami is one person you look at him you can you you you, you feel like keeping on looking at him the the piercing eyes he has and you know and uh, also on the on the same day on the very first day we were seated inside the mandir and then the swami after while the bhajan was going on he came down and he was walking along the aisle uh, on the carpet when he came back i think he slowed down a little i don't know without my knowledge i touched his feet so this really i mean uh, Uh, gave a lot of uh, feelings with it myself i mean i told them my wife this is what happened then uh, of course almost every two years we were coming so it was the first visit swami didn't speak to you or no, anything no 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 just you saw him and something happened with so him so him and then you know i mean uh, for a flick of a moment i saw swami looking at me and i i felt his piercing you know eyes um, sort of pricking through me and then, you know mm. so that's the time i started uh, you know uh, a lot of tears came and then you know almost nothing mm. then uh, two years later i think we came and that was uh, balavikas convention i think at that time maybe 60th 60th birthday Yeah, 60th birthday. That's 95. right, 60th birthday. Then uh, <clears throat> on that occasion, of course, my children were participating in an international cultural show which they prepared when here. And uh, after the program, my children, all three sons, they had Padhanamaskar before us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they had the chance. They, were, they had that blessing with them. And uh, after that, almost every... one year or two years we used to come to so you just felt drawn to the place drawn to swami that's yeah it. this is how we got drawn to the into swami and then then i got more interested in swami's uh, education programs that's how i got involved in the teacher training programs and thing like that I, I, so what is it about swami's education a uh, philosophy or the system that really well i uh, think uh, about satyasai education program what uh, i felt was i mean swami's uh, philosophy of satyasai education and the teaching techniques i thought it's quite different from what we have in the uh, in the secular education in sri lanka and later on i mean even now i am learning about swami's satyasai education education program because the movie read and the movie talk about it the movie experiences still we are trying to understand a lot of things Uh, subsequently i felt that there is definitely a gap in our education system because we are producing professionals 
doctors, scientists, lawyers, everybody. But uh, how many of them, I personally felt, how many of them are really behaving as human beings? So they have felt that there is something, something missing. Then when I read Swami's philosophy on education, I came to know Swami himself has said, there are two aspects to education, the external education and the internal education. And Swami's beautiful definition about education, the end of education is character. And uh, character is uh, unity of thought, word and deed. And how this uh, uh, Swami's education pro uh, program uh, builds up character and which ends in the building of human excellence. Yes. So, that's why I got attracted to the uh, Swami's teachings on education and then, you know, I started reading books and then uh, participating in the training programs, which uh, prompted me to you know, go, go a little more and more deeper into that. Into the teachings. Yeah. So, then of course, uh, I think uh, from Batikalo, then I went to Ampara as the Regional Director of Health Services. That it was a very, very, very difficult period at that time mm -hmm. because of the conflict and… Uh, the war in Sri Lanka. Yes, because of the war. And in 1990, I would say, I remember, the IPKF was in charge of the security, Indian Peacekeeping Force was in charge of the security of the North and East. So, one day when I was in uh, office… Uh, my office was in Ampara, and, uh, but my family was in Kalmana, about 16 miles away in between. I got a call from my wife saying, uh, there's a little bit of a problem in this area, please come immediately. I went there to see the area which where we were living was cordoned off and then, you know, uh, uh, an armed group, not the LTT, because they were coming with an IPKF soldier. They were collecting all the youngsters from that area, girls and boys. They wanted to take them to the IPKF camp for an identification parade. In the sense, because they had information, there had been some movement of uh, LTT carders in that area previous night. So they want to take all the children, all the uh, girls and boys for an identification session. I came at the correct time when uh, they were uh, about three or four houses away from where we were living. And uh, when they came to our house, uh, they asked me, where are your children? I said, they are there. Call them. I said, okay, call them. Ah, such big boys. Okay, I, we have to take them. I said, why? Why do you want to take my sons? Now, this is for an identification marriage. We are taking them to the camp and then they'll come back. I said, no, I am sorry. I am not allowing them to go with you. Because my sons go to school, they come back and they are at home. And if you want to know more about my children, go to the principal and ask how my children are. My two sons were there at that time. But they wouldn't listen. They said, no, we have to take them. I said, no, my dear, I am not going to allow them. Then the IPK soldier was standing on the, on the road. Then uh, he also came closer and said, 
so i mean these people will take your people, sons also otherwise they'll be found fault with their by their leaders i said no i am sorry i mean I, i i don't want my children to go to the camp and then because that will demoralize them they are they are already in fear he wouldn't listen then uh, i said i know the oic of the ipkf camp if i remember his name it was one major nanda kumar or somebody who was there the OIC? i had his telephone number oic you said oic of the camp ipkf camp in that area uh, what who is an oic who is an oic officer in charge of officer the in charge sorry okay yeah so i had his telephone number because i being the regional director of health services he came and saw me to find out about the hospitals and that and this on that about the services so i said well i'll give a call to the uh, officer in charge but this there were two boys with guns mm-hmm. with guns they wouldn't allow me to go into the house even so my wife myself and my two sons were there how much we pleaded they wouldn't listen they said no we have to take i said no i am not allowing him to take of course during that whole process within myself i am praying to swami praying to swami praying to swami intense prayer right and then uh, ultimately it happened so that he said no if you are not going to listen to us we'll have to give the treatment and then he was trying to sort of you know i mean i just is ak47 or something like that i saw i heard a click and then you know my wife broke down and she also then i also sort of this thing and i shouted swami please save us please save us swami please save us i heard a noise and i felt that the uh the muscle of the gun mm-hmm. where you load the bullets mm-hmm. it had got detached and it had fallen down oh and this boy was trying to sort of you know i mean pick up the bullets and putting it into the, this thing and then trying to refit it but it he took about 3 uh, to 5 minutes to do that then his companion also came and both of them struggled and then they put it back by the time he had cooled down a little and he said doctor it's not our intention to take your sons but if you don't take your sons our leader will find fault with us and we don't know what treatment we will be meted with then the ipk officer also said so it is my responsibility i will take your children bring them back to you i said in that case i am also coming oh okay <laughs> i am also coming i said oh, he said okay come then uh, i was praying to swami praying to swami all the time my wife said i should also come I, i said no you don't have to come you wait here believe me we wouldn't have gone 50 yards mm-hmm. there's a junction there at that time there was a not a soul on the road you know i mean anyway in that area suddenly a vehicle came i don't know from where it came the vehicle stopped at the junction a very young man stepped down and he walked towards us i asked the ipk officer who is this gentleman he said he is the leader of this group i walked up to him and said yeah i, I talked to him in tamil as a brother 
do you want my sons also to come to the camp apparently he knew me because i was the regional director of health services in that area he said no doctor it's okay you taking your children back home but don't allow them to come onto the road because these people will pick them up because we know the service which you are doing i don't want to take your sons i don't know from where he came and maybe some yes. years then yes so of course then we went back home and then you know i went to the shrine room and fell down and prayed yes. to swami cried to swami thanked mm. him mm. the whole family for mm. saving him mm. because what i felt was not that i was scared that you know anything would have happened to our sons or they would have taken them and you know but this but that the fact for them to sort of go to a camp and then be in the identification sort of you know yes. group and going through that process would have demoralized for that matter any child yes. would have happened this is something uh, which will just stay in the subconscious mind of the child and absolutely. affect absolutely always absolutely yes so then we were really wondering whether to leave that place and then you know go somewhere else but uh, we couldn't move out of kalmada because during that time there were a lot of problems and you know, many people don't like to sort of go onto the road even and to make things worse there was uh, frequent uh, muslim tamil clashes during that time in that province and uh, uh, i don't know whether you would have noticed when you visited batiklo that uh, from balachene up to pottivil easily about uh, more than 200 kilometers you find uh, tamil villages and muslim villages alternatively yes. situated you find uh, 100% tamil village then the next one is 100% muslim village like that it goes on right along the eastern coast up to patil so we were really scared to sort of leave the place and come so we were only praying to swami intense prayer three times a day or even more than that and <laughs> so mm. uh, and then we waited uh, still whatever it is i had the some sort of courage within me and some strength maybe what swami has given me that nothing will happen to us just hold on by that time i mean most of the people in the area had left that place except the elders who are there in the houses to protect the houses many of them came to us and said why are you keeping your sons here and waiting you see please take them somewhere leave them somewhere else and you come back right but there was no way of going so i had to ring up the government agent of ampara is a man he was a man from kandy so i told him sir this is the situation i find it difficult to sort of stay here please uh, do something and then you know help us to come out and get out of this place I leave my family in Colombo and then I come back and then you know be in Ampara and serve. Then he said okay doctor I will uh, I am going to Kandy today if you can come to Ampara I will take you. By that time the IPK have left and then Sri Lankan uh, special task force has come and taken over. So he contacted the STF uh, co- command of Kalmana and then told him to bring us and then i had to go to the camp and then you no know, we got into the his jeep and then you know we were brought to taken to ambara and then the government agent incidentally is government agent is uh, somewhat equivalent to a collector in india mm-hmm. 
he took us to candy and then we were in candy in dr friends house for about a month in the meantime i went to colombia and reported to the ministry and then fortunately the then health minister was okay with me quite sort of you know i mean she was a lady when she came to ambara i mean she liked you know how the office was and how it was functioning so she said no no jaga you don't go anywhere you come and serve here i'll give you a place there in the ministry then i was regional director health service for colombo district for about 1 year after that i was called to the ministry to serve in 1992 but when we were in colombo we, we we moved into colombo in 1990 91 i was going to bands place for bhajan something like that and 91 october we came to prasanthi nilayam by that other time we have put up that uh, mandir building and we came to swami to get his blessings and a date for opening oh uh-huh. the sai center in yeah the the bands place center okay yeah so as usual swami kept us for about 10 days mm-hmm. <laughs> and then on the 10th of october swami called us for an interview i was so thrilled because that happened to me my my birthday wow <laughs> so in the morning darshan i mean because my wife was very keen so she said somebody has told her you see you take a tray with flowers and you know cardamoms and that and this and all that swami will bless your husband so she went to the shop and bought everything and prepared bought a tray also and prepared everything and gave it to me in the morning so i came to the morning darshan did lot of calculation this line might go first that <laughs> might go first and all that mm. and then but ultimately i got the seventh line okay i was seated there then uh, one of our sri lankan devotee was on the uh, uh, he was uh, down the second line so he turned back and looked at me and said quietly come here and then he left, gave a little space mm. i was reluctant to move in because it was not correct but still mm. because of the enthusiasm to some more the get swami's blessings on that special day yeah special day mm. i moved in mm. swami came swami came swami swami and uh, with the with a smile from the corner of his mouth mm. he looked at me smiled at me and he passed away mm-hmm. as if you know what birthday for you <laughs> so i was really feeling dejected and disappointed and then mm. i went back to the room and i told mm. my wife i oh this has happened so she said no no don't worry about it there's an afternoon darshan no today <laughs> right mm. so you go back take mm. it then um, she the one who said no okay you don't take don't take anything take only the toffees mm. bag of toffees with that came mm. no calculation just came and sort of you know sat down a line and then fortunately that was number one token wow and then the first line swami came as usual he blessed and then you know took the toffees style of throwing the toffees yes. at everybody yes. and then four or five people on the on to my left was the president of the kalamba samiti mm-hmm. so i stopped and talked to him and then he told him to come for the interview okay he asked for the interview and so we went there then we had prepared an album and bought a new pen also for swami to write something swami went through the album and then uh, i was just seated in front of him at his feet swami saw that and then he asked uh, where is the mandir he asked 
I was about to tell Swami, Swami, it's in Kalambu, number 22, Barnes Place. Fortunately, I didn't say that. But before I said that, Swami put his right hand on his, on his chest mm. and said, this is the mandir. Wow. This is the mandir. This building you are trying to open is for your activities, seva activities, educational activities. Have the opening on the 18th of January. Then uh, Mr. Nesratna was president. He said, Swami, we want Swami's presence. I am there. Already I am there. I will be there. Don't worry. Hmm. The next question he asked was, how did you find money to put up this center? Mm-hmm. Then the president said, Swami, it's all donations from devotees. No, 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 no. Don't go and beg for money. You are not a beggar. You are bigger. Swami will give you money if you want. How much money do you need to complete the building? Then Brother Nes said, Swami, we need only about 100,000 Sri Lankan rupees to uh, complete it, to do the final touch. Swami will give you that money. Amazing. So, after that, then of course it came to, then Swami's interview, you know, no, I mean his questions, what are the four F's and what uh, knowledge you know and uh, practical knowledge is the best knowledge and that and this and all that. I don't know, most of us failed in that interview, but then <laughs> Swami came out with the answers, blessed us. And then it came to a point then, you know, some of them wanted to sort of come out with their individual family problems and things like that they were discussing. Uh, then uh, there was uh, actually I mean it was the president of the Kalamba uh, Samiti he was talking about his only daughter who was in uh, America doing her degree in English English literature then he said Swami uh, she wants to do the masters then Swami said ah, she wants to do MA in English before her MA she will do her MRS. She will do her <laughs> MRS. So, Brother Nesaratnama said, Swami, what do you mean? No, he will be, she will be an MRS before the MA. <laughs> and uh, within about six months, it happened that she got married, married. Before, her, <laughs> before MA. So, everybody had a turn and then, of mm. course, I didn't come out with anything to Swami. Neither did my wife speak anything. So Swami asked, How are you? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. She asked. So I said, Swami, I'm a doctor. Mm-hmm. You are a doctor? No, you are a patient. <laughs> <laughs> so then he said, I know you had some Swami knows that you had a lot of problems and you are thinking of going out of Ceylon. Uh, you're wondering whether to go to UK or America or Australia. Swami tells you not to go anywhere. Be in Ceylon. Swami said. Be in Ceylon. I said, yes, Swami, I'll be in Ceylon. <laughs> you had thoughts of going to... Really, I had thought because we were thinking because one son was already he had gone to UK, the first one. Mm. The two others were there. My wife, sister and them were in UK. So we thought I might as well go because we thought Sri Lanka is because not a very good war, place to sort of, you know, especially yeah. for my children, not for yes. So I said, don't go. So we gave Be up that Shilanka. idea and then, you know, everything like that. So then after the interview, we went back to Colombo. The following Thursday, after Bhajan, 
one lady brought and gave donated exactly 100000 we don't know who that lady wow. is <laughs> who that lady is and she donated and then she went off so we were able to complete that building I mean, it's always happens like that it isn't it it always happens it always happens so those are some of the things we sort of you know i mean how swami drew us more and more and more and into the, this thing then of course we thought of this national project of establishing a hospice and uh, once the hospice was established i was really in the committee sort of trying to organize that and then uh, i was asked uh, we had a meeting here at um, brother here i was the um chairman of the uh, eastern globe i think at that time meeting with him so brother here asked who is going to take charge of the hospice then the central coordinator said dr jaga will take oh he is also that also the deputy uh, uh, central coordinator looking after education then brother here said no it will be difficult for him to do both you know dr jaga you choose whatever you want and uh, i said okay i'll be I'll, i'll 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 do the hospice but please don't sort of you know remove me from the education sector because that is what i am how i came to swami i still like to sort of you know be in that uh, yes 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 that's okay and then that's how i became the chairman of the hospice and then you know it was like that so it was going on like that time in this wonderful i mean the hospice uh, uh, i had the chance to visit the hospice yes, when yes. i was in sri lanka and i should tell you that the prayer hall the round prayer Salute. hall which Salute. is there though it's a very tiny uh, structure but yeah. i have to share uh, with you that the day when i stepped into that prayer, prayer hall i just felt so much of healing energy Absolutely. in fact that morning i was not feeling well that i had just landed in sri lanka and you know mm-hmm. the, the first morning in sri lanka and i was going there yeah 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 we took you there yes. yes and but the moment i stepped in the car i was not feeling all right mm-hmm. but when i set my foot into that space i really felt so healed it is yeah. really a very beautiful uh, very yes. blessed place and of course the whole thing is in the lap of nature and it's uh, it's a wonderful place really because i mean it promotes the unity of faiths also i mean patients belonging to different faiths all get uh, go together and then many of them do sing bhajans now and uh, you would have noticed i mean they are cancer patients yes but still look at them they are always smiling yes smiling and many of them you ask them would you like to go back home no 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 yes that uh, we saw i mean it, it, it is you never felt that they were all patient they were all absolutely. like a family absolutely. Uh, having a great time yeah yes so that is a wonderful project swami gave us and we are so happy about it you just heard the first part of our conversation with mr jagannathan vishwanathar he is the chairman of the central council of satyasai organizations sri lanka a position which he continued to hold when this conversation was recorded in July 2014 in the subsequent in the subsequent part of this conversation you will listen to how he has been endeavoring to live bhagwan's teachings in his life in his professional sphere as well as in his personal life if you have any queries or comments on this conversation dear listeners you can write to listener@radiosai.org thank you so much for listening to us sairam Thank you.